Welcome to the Cult of the Urca podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Vincent. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Vincent Criminal. And to start off with a shameless plug, I've got a book coming out on Thursday, uh, which is entitled Criminal Subculture in the Gulag. And you can find links to that through uh, my social media. I've also got a number of articles and podcast appearances and uh, zoom events planned over the next couple of months if you can find the opportunity at the moment also please consider making a donation however big or small to the uh, charity spear and uh, help them to continue doing their excellent work um, in regards to youth homelessness in london so what i'd like to do in this episode is something slightly different from the individual profiles of the previous weeks and to take a detailed look at card playing I'm going to do this in particular through the eyes and the words of a prisoner named Dmitry Likachov. So I'm going to detail how Likachov gets arrested in the 1920s and I'm going to talk about his particular experience when he gets sent to a very prominent site of incarceration. So while he's there, Likachov will write uh, quite a lengthy article on uh, card games amongst the prisoners who are um, regarded as being 49ers. So I'm going to bring back a topic from the very first episode of the podcast, which is, of course, available in the archive. Then what I'd like to do after detailing uh, Likachov and what he writes is to just draw some uh, larger conclusions and look at motifs of uh, gambling and card playing throughout Russian and uh, Soviet history. Um, what I'll then try to do is uh, go back over um, the, the history of card playing, how it's described by people such as uh, Dostoevsky and his account of his own uh, incarceration. And then I'm just going to bring things up uh, into more contemporary period. As always, uh, thank you very much for listening. And I hope you enjoy the episode. So Dmitry Likachov then is a very capable, intelligent student. He's from a reasonably affluent middle-class family, from a kind of merchant background. His dad is an engineer. And uh, Dmitry grows up in, in Leningrad, which is, of course, uh, now St. Petersburg. When we get to the late 1920s, Likachov is arrested uh, as a member of a group known as the Space Academy of Sciences. So uh, this very kind of uh, obscure, weird, you know, c- kind of cool sounding group name that he's he's formed with his fellow students and they, they kind of host a series of lectures and, and, you know, discuss ideas with each other. And the uh, the suggestion upon Likachov's arrest is that he's uh, that he's hiding subversive material. So he's got a copy of a book which is on a banned list, um, and this is what the uh, investigators find when they go into his uh, his apartment. Um, the information that leads to his arrest actually comes from from a, a fellow student. So it's a little unclear whether it's a student who is a member of this uh, Space Academy of Sciences or someone who's you know, slightly outside of this group. But nevertheless, uh, Likachov is arrested and he's sent to what is essentially uh, 
a kind of central holding prison in Leningrad. So uh, while Likachov is there, he develops quite a good reputation with his cellmates, uh, who at this point are all from a uh, middle class, a bourgeois background, you know, the kind of um, the cultural and literary elite. And um, this um, this period of um, relative calm is broken by the news that the prisoners are being transported. So all of a sudden, as is as is often the case, uh, especially during this time in the Soviet Union and indeed in Russia today, prisoners in the middle of the night are just just told, "Right, right, you're going now," um, with no warning and no indication uh, a lot of the time as to to where their final destination will be. So in Likachov's case, the, the, the destination for, for his uh, incarceration, or at least the majority of it, um, takes him all the way to the Autonomous Republic of Karelia. So uh, Likachov and his fellow cellmates from the, from the central holding prison um, are, are packed uh, onto a train and they're transported uh, to uh, what, it, what is a relatively well-known transit point so this uh, this camp is situated um, and uh, a lot of prisoners from the period pass through it so there are a reasonable number of reports about it uh, Likachov actually writes about the conditions there uh, suggesting how he and other prisoners who are who are being kept there as as they're they're being transferred ultimately to to the to the to the final institution that they'll be housed at um, about how unsanitary the conditions are and uh, how many prisoners are crammed together. And actually Likachev goes into quite a lot of detail about um, y- young male prisoners who are there who are in- infested with lice. And actually this uh, this this word for lice becomes a, a nickname which is given to them. So this transit camp would also become quite renowned um, and a lot of other prisoners who pass through it would describe the problems um, of prostitution that that, um, that were apparent there, um, and the suggestions that things were an awful lot worse if you were a female prisoner who was sent to this uh, to this infamous transit point. So the place that uh, Likachev is is ultimately uh, transferred to for the majority of his incarceration uh, is uh, is known as Solovki. It's a place that I talked about in the very first episode of the podcast and uh, what Solovki represents is a kind of showpiece institution for the for the new Bolshevik regime following the 1917 revolution and the, the subsequent civil war. So when Likachev arrives on the boat uh, across from the, the transit point that I just re- referred to, um, he's immediately punched in the face. So he arrives on on the main island, uh, this archipelago, um, and uh, a, a guard immediately n- nails him with a punch. This um, this draws blood from Likachev, and as I've described in in my book, is really central like to his immediate understanding that the place that he is now at operates under what is described by the by the guards and by the uh, you know the the, the the kind of senior staff, the commander, as being Solovki power. So this uh, this idea that this um, site of incarceration is is exempt from from normal uh, laws and and processes. So in the first 
episode of the podcast I referred to Solovki as, as being like uh, Guantanamo and uh, I still stick by that. So also this, this journey, the, the, um, the trip from the transit point is really, really um, crucial to Likachov for another reason. He details this in his, in his book. And so all the, all the prisoners are, are loaded onto a ship from the transit point and they cross over to the, the main ar- island of the archipelago. And Likachov recalls very, very vividly how as they're boarding the ship, he's uh, passed on advice by a experienced um, house burglar. So a, a recidivist um, just advises him to hold back rather than push in with, with all the other prisoners. So as everyone else piles into the hold, this enables Likachov to take a place on one of the one of the higher planks. So Likachov is in an elevated position, and um, as they do on these voyages, um, the hold is then is then locked, and essentially the the prisoners inside have to fend for themselves. So um, Likachov, in his memoirs, describes how this advice from the experienced burglar who is quite a fascinating character Likachev goes into a bit more detail about him um, ultimately saves Likachev's life because when they they arrive at the main island Likachev in his memoirs um, discusses seeing uh, these uh, dead bodies being dragged out of the out of the hold uh, as a result of the the overcrowding that takes place so um, Likachev is essentially saved by um, this this information that's passed on by this recidivist to his previous experience of incarceration. So uh, Likachev uh, benefits incredibly from that and I think um, probably is the beginning of his interest in, in, in um, recidivists and uh, criminal subculture. It also shows, I think, um, how horrific some of these journeys are. So um, throughout the entire canon of Gulag memoirs, it's these journeys uh, and actually mostly on, on boats when the prisoners are locked in the hold that, um, that some of the most um, like disgusting and horrific incidents happen. So prisoners are all um, shoved in the hold and they're away from, from any kind of surveillance. Uh, and this leaves the uh, female p- prisoners in particular to be especially vulnerable so I did consider doing an episode on the transportation process um, and some of the things that, that happened now. It was possibly a bit too dark for the podcast, but I do have a chapter of the of the book dedicated to it because uh, I really, really strongly believe that this transportation process is is important for the, uh, the criminal recidivist to assert their agency. So... Um, something that we can we can get a glimpse of by uh, by looking at Likachov's experience being transported from the transit point over to uh, to Solovki. Likachov then uh, survives this 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 voyage um, and he arrives on uh, the main island of this archipelago Solovki and uh, he shifts between a, a number of different um, work companies so uh, all prisoners at Solovki and in, indeed elsewhere are separated into different work companies um, to take part in a you know, variety of activities. So uh, Likachov actually ends up in the 13th company 
and uh, he's there for a while until his friendship with a couple of priests um, enables him to find his his way out of this and he actually joined a uh, a criminology cabinet uh, so crim cab um, who ultimately he's going to write about the the card games of the of the criminals for um so this criminology cabinet crim cab is um part of the prisoners cultural educational activities so uh, in line with the ideological beliefs of the soviet regime all prisoners are expected to take part in a variety of different activities so these range from the prisoner theater which i'm sure i'm going to do in uh, an episode of the podcast on in the future has quite a strong link to uh, prostitution in, in, in the way that I've, I'm going to describe the, the, the story of the prisoner theatre um, but also a, a number of other uh, activities such as um, a horticultural society and what's really important in terms of my research uh, is a, 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 a number of prisoner newspapers so the the criminology cabinet that Likonichov joins actually has two articles published through the prisoner newspaper. So Likonichov's um, very, very detailed descriptions of uh, car playing amongst the criminals um, uh, is available through the prisoner newspaper, which is ultimately how I ended up getting hold of it. So uh, Crim Cab have two articles published. The first is on uh, suggestibility uh, amongst uh, recidivist inmates. Um, and Likashov describes the overall um, approach of this criminology cabinet as wanting to understand the kind of people that they've read about in Dostoevsky's House of the Dead. So Dostoevsky's House of the Dead is a really key text that um, I will no doubt um, do an episode on at some point, but um, for the for the inmates at Solovki uh, who were participating in this criminology cabinet and writing articles and um, also at the same time they're collecting um, dictionaries of slang and songs and they're interviewing the uh, the criminal recidivist, the, the, the type of prisoners that I referred to in the first episode as 49ers. Um, the, the, this, the main reference point a lot of the time for the prisoners later on becomes... Dostoevsky, which is one of the first uh, pieces of, uh, of of penal writing of any any prominence. So Likhachov's article, Card Games of the Criminals, uh, appears in January of 1930. So I put a um, an image of um, of this article up on on my uh, Instagram. So if you're not following me on on there already then uh, you know please please check it out so this article which appears in in January of 1930 really outlines the uh, importance of car playing to um, prisoner society specifically in regards to um, the prisoners known as 49ers uh, recidivist working class inmates who've um, who've committed committed what we would 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 uh, I suppose consider to be you know, ordinary crimes such as uh, bank robbery and uh, burglary, as I referred to by the, the guy who helped save Likachov's life. Um, so, 
Likachev in this article really focuses on the importance of card playing and this article is so detailed to the point that it actually breaks down um, what games that the um, the recidivist inmates are playing the majority of the time it's a it's a it's a game called Stoss so Stoss uh, becomes the 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 most popular card game amongst criminal inmates it's a a sort of uh, corrupted, adapted version of a French game called Pharaoh. Um, my own gambling ability isn't particularly good, uh, as would be evidenced by my um, my brief forays you know, onto online poker and a few dodgy places in uh, in Kitaigorod in Moscow. Um, but essentially what Likachev talks about in terms of these card games, um, the real importance of your ability to win them is to cheat without being caught. So Likachev throughout the article, and as would other um, prisoners in their memoirs, details how actually the you know, the despite the um the 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 game element of this it's your proficiency in cheating which is the most important. So as I've joked in the past to um, to fellow Russian academics, that I might do all right if I was transported by a time machine and ended up on Solov Key. Um, there is no doubt that I wouldn't. I would be one of these idiots who's duped by someone else who's uh, who's quite clearly cheating. So Likachev also talks in detail about the type of things that the uh, the prisoners that are recidivists are, are gambling over. Um, these are items such as clothing and food. Obviously, like survival is is um, at the forefront of everything that happens in in prisoner society. And these items these, uh, are regarded as being cherished, and they're actually referred to as as blood, um, the clothes and the and the food rations. So Likachev outlined how the situation on Solovki has got so bad in terms of gambling that in one work company over a hundred prisoners uh, actually owe three other prisoners uh, their rations and their clothing to the point where the um, authorities have to actually force feed the, the prisoners as they're just essentially stashing their food in their pockets to pay off their gambling debts. So... Um, Card games that take place are also um, part of the um, social life of the uh, penal environment. And other than um, gambling away some of these possessions, uh, prisoners who who attempt to carry on playing uh, essentially kind of on tick um, are faced with a number of uh, humiliating punishments as a result. I mean, these punishments will get... Um, a lot more violent later on when the gulag begins to develop. But what Likachev describes is a number of um, really quite uh, embarrassing punishments, such as um, collecting a thousand cockroaches or crosses. You know, cro- you know the crosses that um, prisoners prisoners wear round their necks. Um, and what always really stands out when I'm reading this article is the punishment where um, a prisoner would have to uh, find a window to shout out of, or a, a perhaps a a pipe to shout down, uh, ya durak, ya durak, over and over, basically, I am a fool, I am a fool. 
Although Likachov would spend the majority of his uh, incarceration on Solov Key, this uh, penal archipelago, um, he is actually sent briefly to join up with this uh, enormous project um, to link the White Sea and the Baltic Sea together. So this huge uh, infrastructure development, um, which is uh, seen as uh, incredibly tragic in the way that it, it destroys settlements on the uh, on the proposed route um, and ultimately claims hundreds of thousands of lives and um, never becomes used for the large-scale shipping for which it's intended. It's far too shallow. This um, this project is, uh, in the same way as Son of Key is heralded in uh, in Soviet propaganda, in particular the, the famous writer Maxim Gorky contributes to, to, this, uh, to this appalling volume, which is about the uh, re- redemptive power of forced labour. Um, and uh, I think the the um, White Sea Baltic Canal project and uh, yeah, uh, Gorky's part in this, uh, in this this horrible propaganda text is definitely worthy of exploration in a in a future podcast episode. So uh, Likachov is there uh, only only very briefly. Um, he actually then returns to Leningrad. Um, he will survive the siege there during the Second World War, uh, which in itself is 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 quite an achievement given the. Um, uh, the the horrifying conditions there, so uh, the the reports of cannibalism, um, and the development of this uh, this road of life, so uh, uh, this route across a frozen lake, which becomes essential for um, the survival of Leningrad during the siege. So the Nazis are, uh, are surrounding Leningrad and have actually worked out um, in terms of what they think are the exact calories for the um, besieged inhabitants of Leningrad to survive. So um, the Nazis think that they've got this noose tightened on the city. Um, so it's a very kind of dark episode there as well. But Likachov survives this. He actually then goes on, following the Second World War, to be um, an, in- an incredibly uh, renowned academic. So he writes things on medieval uh, literature and language. He would also return to the topic of of criminal recidivists and he, he does some articles on on slang which I've also um, translated for my, for my my book which is out on Thursday but this um, position as a as a highly regarded scholar um, enables him to, to, to take a, a position at the forefront of um, Gorbachev's uh, perestroika in the 1980s so Likachev is close to to uh to Gorbachev and actually his wife as well, and so um, Likachev's contribution is a uh, uh, in terms of a, a a cultural figure towards the um, the uh, the objectives that that Gorbachev's have as uh, seen as being quite important. Um, he would actually return Likachev to Solovki in a very famous documentary that you can find on on YouTube. And um, he has this huge status as almost being a kind of um, a con- conscience of, of Russia. So there is a what is quite a, a good biography of, of Likachev, but completely misses out all of this uh, stuff related to, uh, to to criminals. Of course, it's, it's far too lowbrow, which is uh, probably quite a good thing for me. As we... Um, 
draw towards the end of this episode then. I just wanted to go over um, how card playing has this extremely lasting legacy in, um, in Russian and Soviet um, penality and criminality. I think there is a, um, a general acceptance that um, prisoners uh, everywhere need something to do to, to pass the time. But this, this takes on... Um, this takes on a very, very different and much more important um, practical role in, in Russian and, and Soviet penality um, in the way that the card playing motifs feed into the slang and also used um, as the gulag develops to, um, to essentially uh, manoeuvre and manipulate prisoners into different roles. So... Um, uh, the the sexual life of the gulag is is uh, affected as well by this. So um, we see images of um, of card playing appearing on um, prisoners who are passive homosexuals. So they'll have the um, the suits of um, hearts and diamonds tattooed on them. So the two the two red suits. Um, there's actually a very good book um, published by um, by by Fuel. Uh, on um, criminal tattoos and playing cards, one which I'm, I'm uh, cited in. So if you're listening, Damon and Steve, cheers for that. Um, Fuel have also published three volumes of a Russian criminal tattoo encyclopedia, of which I've been able to use um, a, an, an image that relates to card playing in my in my book, which is out on Thursday. And um, this image actually has. Um, the uh, initials for um for jack uh, and ace alongside the uh the two suits that i just mentioned the um the, the hearts and the diamonds and um alongside this is the is the the word bitch so and um, this this um this drawing which i've which i've been um very kindly allowed to use from fuel appears in 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 my book alongside the discussion of um, the sexual life in the gulag, and in particular, um, the 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 um, difference between um, active and passive homosexuals, and how this feeds into a criminal subculture. So, that's an extension again of uh, this car playing motif, which which exists um, throughout the um, throughout the history of Russian penality, which um, uh, originates, as I mentioned, from Dostoevsky's. House of the Dead, which I'll which I'll try to do an episode, hopefully on in the near future. I just I'll throw a quick shout out to uh, hashtag Dostoevsky Saturday. So if you're on Twitter, then um, check out um, what Dostoevsky Saturday are doing at the weekends. And um, this um, strong link between gambling and car playing. Uh, and and criminal society, um, pr- prisoner society in particular, can be seen um, by the hierarchies of the gangs that I that I talk about in my books. So, um, in some of these um, some of these uh, gulag labour camps, we get large gangs forming, and you obviously have the leader of the gang who's referred to as the pahan. Um, but underneath that, you have what is essentially a kind of lackey, even if the um, the lackey themselves describe themselves as a kind of lieutenant, so a second in command to the to the um, to the boss to the pakan, 
and this uh, this lackey is known as a shestyorka. So shestyorka is actually um, Russian word for sixer. So um, sixer as a term comes from the lowest card in a in a Russian deck. So there's a very direct link there between card playing and um, criminal and um, prisoner uh, subculture and hierarchies. There's also a popular term which refers to uh, suits. So the importance. As I pointed out before, with the you know the red suits and the black suits, um, so the phrase "be true to your suit in prison." So um, you know, regardless of which which kind of group you end up in, um, you know, remain remain you know loyal to them. Um, this is a is a is a phrase which has still been um, which has still been recorded by um, observers of Russian prisons. Um, you know, in in the kind of post millennial era. By way of a fairly brief conclusion, then uh, there is clearly a symbiosis between gambling and criminality, and we can see this in uh, popular films and TV shows, so uh, Peaky Blinders and uh, horse racing, and also the activities of the mob in Vegas, and um, how this is represented in. Uh, films such as Casino, but actually in Russian and Soviet penality, it's these uh, motifs, the tattoos and the uh, slang, which take it to a to a much deeper level in terms of uh, the importance of uh, gambling, card playing to criminal subculture and, and society. So uh, my book is quite detailed in how this. Uh, how this um, changes again during the development of the gulag throughout the 1930s. So as the, the, the gulag um, system develops, prisoners are, are obviously still making cards in the same way as Likachev describes. So whatever paper they can get their hands on, like um, basically shoved together and kind of held with a kind of bread glue to make it thicker and then the designs drawn on top of that. Um, this is something that the uh, sociologist Irving Goffman describes as make-dos, so essentially prisoners just coming up with whatever way they can to, uh, you know, to, to carry on these activities. It's, you know, the same with the makeshift methods of tattooing as well. So as the Gulag develops in the 1930s, and then in particular is affected by the Second World War and the high numbers of incarceration that follow, these games become increasingly violent. And what we then see is the, uh, d the development of much more severe punishments. So no longer do we really get the more kind of humiliating, almost like jovial punishments described by Likachev, but um, there are repeated um, memoirs which talk about uh, this phrase, uh, to play the fifth. So uh, once you've gambled away all of your rations and your clothes and you're playing on tick, um, as punishment for your, you know, your continued losses you are asked to then murder the fifth person to walk into the barracks and this is obviously where the where the phrase to play the fifth comes from so this really shows the um the change that happens in the gulag and how card playing you know it's um and it's um ubiquitous nature is is, is linked to that so in the next episode of the podcast i really want to hone in on um punishments between prisoners and I'm going to look at the ad hoc courts that are set up uh, for these um, these recidivist gangs and uh, so um, how 
these groups will essentially put each other on trial if they're um, you know, going to great lengths, such as having judges there and supporting evidence and so on. Then ultimately, a lot of the a lot of the punishments become very violent. So in the next episode, I want to talk about that and then how that feeds uh, into um, the larger kind of spectra of um, Russian and Soviet history. So this this kind of visual element of the uh, courts that are, that are put on in the barracks of the Gulag by the recidivist gangs and how that is similar to what we see in the Moscow show trials and more recently um, in instances of Sergei Magnitsky and um, the activist group Pussy Riot. So that's where I'm going to leave it for this episode. So thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or any feedback, then I'd love to hear from you. So please um, contact me on uh, social media and um, take the time, if you haven't, to explore the previous episodes. I'm trying to get the podcast um, wherever I can at the moment. So it's on on Anchor and on Spotify and hopefully... um, very very soon on on apple as well so i really really appreciate your continued support and the suggestions that that people have been giving me for future episodes so uh until next time you can you can find me on twitter i'm at vincent criminal and uh in the words of dwayne johnson you're welcome <laughs>